Welcome to episode 224. That's 224. It is the ENS Vols Podcast. Sponsored by Adoption at Heart. How's it going? It's me. It's NJ. Keto. What's happening? Welcome to our Halloween special, baby. What on earth was that? I, don't you love Halloween? What do you mean? <laughs> no. What, 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 well, first, first of all, I might, I might end this, end this very quickly if you say no. That's a, that's a terrible answer. Also, <laughs> do you not know where that's from? There'll be people screaming at the microphone. Well, not that they've got a microphone. They've probably got a radio set or whatever they're listening to this in. Um, that's you, do, you don't know what that music's from? Classic Disney ride. The Haunted know. Mansion. Ah. The movie. Not heard ah. of it. So, no, I have, but there's an issue here. What? Um, I have never, you know, like haunted house, you know, like rides, at, you know, those those amusements. Mm. Yeah. Um, I've never ever been on one. What? Um, or like ghost trains, things like that. I've never been on what? one. What? Are you a bit um, of a bit of a wimp? Uh, a bit of a baby. Yeah, a little bit scared. Oh. Oh no. Well, you... I, I, as a kid, I was always scared. Never did it, and to this day, I've still never done it. Never so. Will. So I've got, have I got to cross off uh, the next seven minutes of banter that I've got? I've got, what else have I got? Have, I got, where, have you seen Ghosts before? I've got, uh, what's your best horror movie? Do I, need to, do I need to cancel all this, do I? Well, I may have told this story. I'm trying to think if I told this story before about... If it was the Warsaw podcast and about 11 people would listen to it, mate. So you might as well get three to four thousand <laughs> listening to it. Um, did I tell you the story about when I watched Paranormal Activity 3 in the, uh... cin- in the cinema? Ah! Uh, oh God! Fifteen-year-old, go fifteen-year-old go Liam was scared. Is this why? Oh, Paranormal Activity is actually the original one. Quite, quite jumpy. I'll give you that. I'll give you that's Thank not you. a bad one. And the third one, I will tell you what, creepy, real creeps. <laughs> As opposed to the top, the first two and, and, and the next seven. <laughs> I mean, it's the same premise in all of them. Um, right, I was fifteen. Mm. Um, the local cinema in Royal Leamington Spa. Okay, nice, um, nice. People, long, long, long time listeners of the podcast will will know that I've got a good relationship with cinemas as well back in the day, but in a different different kind of gluttonous situation. Oh, more, oh no, more, no, no, no! I'm, I'm well aware. Based. I'm well Go aware. On. Go on. Uh, Big McDonald's order was it? It wasn't uh, late. It was Chinese. Chinese. In the day. Chinese. Sorry, my mistake. Chinese. My mistake. Um, so yeah, you know, I was 15. Mm. I went to. It was late at night. Went to watch Dibbling and Dabbling. Yeah. Was with a girl. Hello, hello baby. Uh, and a couple of guys as well. It was one of those. Oh, um, hello. <laughs> Wowza. <laughs> Keena. <laughs> I didn't mess around. Incredible. <laughs> I laughed so hard I got myself into a cough. Right. Um, I may or may not have hidden behind my hands, you know, throughout the whole thing. Mm. Been very scared. Mm. Um, there was actually a, a, a guy in my year who I happened to be sitting next to. I, I didn't go with. I just happened to be there and was sitting next to him. And he was um, a massive, massive rugby player. He was like, I don't know, he's, he's huge. Anyway, he, he he's played a big at, boy. Was he? Liam? He, he big played. Boy. At, he played at a good level. You know, he's a, he's a big man. Mm. Um, and I was sort of cuddling him. Scared. He was cuddling me back as well. That's not. That's not. You know, playing up like anything. It isn't. And I then. So I was being picked up by my mother. Um, but I said that I'd walk halfway home with a friend of mine, and I, you know, would, would walk him home. Um, I came out of the cinema, was white as a sheet, 
absolutely terrified and I had to call my mum to pick me up straight away. I couldn't wow. walk. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't walk in the dark. I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm not doing it. 15 get... years old? Yeah, I was scared. Are man. you having a giraffe? Wow. That was almost 10 years ago. I'm, I'm 25 in December. Oh, I'm getting old. Getting old, God. mate. Oh, my God. I love a horror, mate. I love a horror, mate. No Halloween, chance. classic. Classic, classic. Um, you don't want to come round mine then for trick or treating. We've got uh, we've got projectors. We've got a massive ghost. We've got we've got mu. Uh, I'm probably giving away where I live here actually. To be fair, which isn't yeah, great. be careful. We haven't got any of those, any of those. But um, I've got my my mask coming this year, which is a purge mask. So when Alana opens the door with the dogs and gives them the, because we we always look after them. We always go full size bars, full size bars for the old trick or treating. But when they when they come out. Obviously, I'm around the corner hiding behind a car, and uh, we'll scare them uh, pretty pretty badly. Or I've been known to sit just behind the electronic gates and wait. So obviously, I'm facing the house so that they just go past me without even noticing. Then I'm just there quietly, and then when they when they're just about leaving the house and leaving the driveway, I'll jump at them from nowhere. I've been known to I've been known to sit out there for. A good hour, hour, hour and ten minutes. This does beg the question: Have you mm. not got anything better to do, mate? I, I've, I was supposed to be doing Villa on Sunday. I sacked it off for Halloween. There's more important things. There's more important things in life than covering football games and scaring young children. Is definitely at the top of my list. Well, unfortunately, I'm working Sunday, so there's no Halloween for me. Um, you're working 12, 12 till eight, mate. So you can come round afterwards if you want. You know, there's a there's a chunky Kit Kat for you if you want. What, what are you trying to say? Well, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> well, Leo, you know, there's there's more important things to do. I'm afraid uh, it's my mother's birthday on Halloween. Again, come round the house. We'll get you a chunky Kit Kat. <laughs> I might even get you a hot chocolate. You might even get invited. You won't get invited. Yeah, well, yeah, get, uh, you can go round the back and stick in the patio for a little bit if you want. I, I, I could wave wave through the uh, the big uh, double glazed windows at the back. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Bifold doors, baby. But that's fine. Yeah, my, my mistake. Um, Oh mate, I love it. I think it's the best. It's, it's the best holiday by country mile for me. Halloween. Not even it's close. Great. It wouldn't. It wouldn't even be in my top three. Certainly, maybe not even oh, top five. Mate. What are you even, talking about? Doesn't, really? Doesn't, doesn't even, I've, I've never been interested. Never been interested. My family. It's probably because the way I was brought. My family. None of them have ever been interested in it. It's my mum's birthday, so we just do that instead. Isn't it? Isn't it getting Cake. bigger though? In I mean, obviously, I've got the whole American situation going on. That's so a good point. I love it in America, but I mean, it's getting bigger in the UK. Nah, no one's interested, mate. It's only you. Don't you, you and John McGinn. <laughs> Me and John McGinn. And uh, Taggart and uh, whoever else. Hawes, is it Hawes and the, everybody else on this street. That's all. Taggart? Is it Taggart? Isn't he, isn't he some sort of detective? Do you mean Target? <laughs> Target, Taggart. You know what I mean. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, bit of a... Bit of a horror ending like that. Oh, horror nice, ending for nice. Wolves on uh, Ellen Road on, uh, on Saturday, Liam. Uh... Look at first three games, playing great, points nil. Next, they could have won the last four games. Quite, they could have won the four. They could have won four on the bounce. Okay, three wins and a draw, which anyone would have taken. But their football's a bit pants, and yet they're picking up points. Where's where? Are they happy with this? From looking at social media this week. They're not. They're not massively happy with what they're seeing. The product that's get that's on the pitch at this moment in time. Is it just getting points on the board? Do, does does points overcome everything, or does does there become a point where okay, we need to see this better football now? Is there a happy medium between the two? 
I think right now you probably just about get away with points being the most important thing, particularly because they lost those first three. Because um, it's not a great watch at the moment, mate. No, is it? it's let's not, be honest, no. it's not. Let's but not be about the bush. I, I look ahead to December as well, though, and this is why I'm. This is why I make that point. As to, I think for me right now, points are probably uh, paramount because you've got Liverpool and City back to back early December. Um, in in the rest of the month as well, you've got Chelsea, Arsenal, and Man United. Yeah, uh, the only other two games in that month are, I think, off the top of my head anyway, Watford and Brighton. Um, so you know, it's a it's a real tough running. You go into February as well, and there's a, there's a tough running around there with sort of Spurs, Arsenal, Leicester, West Ham all close together. So they've got these bunches of games that are going to be really difficult in the festive period into New Year, um, and the last few weeks, and probably the, the few weeks coming up. They've got pretty favourable, on paper at least, favourable fixtures. So because they lost those first three, they had to get points on the board. Um, and it does feel like they've, you know, they've probably changed tact a little bit to to ensure they do get points on the board because um, they played so well in those first three games. But then to get nothing and come away with nothing from them um, was obviously disappointing. They needed uh, they needed something to to make those performances worthwhile, even if it means at the moment. The football's a bit—it's a bit rubbish. It's quite well, negative, isn't it? It is a bit negative, and it's not a great watch. But you know, they were—they were a minute away from going fourth on, yeah. on Saturday night. It would have been exactly. fifth now, but still, you know, astonishing turnaround really from a team that lost three games in a row. What I would just you know caveat that with Liam though is that you're saying you know they've had to change it slightly because you know they haven't been picking up points. But let's not forget Leicester away, Spurs at home, Man United at home are not. Brentford, Watford, Southampton, Leeds, Villa, you know. So mm. I, I understand, okay, well, we might have to change our approach slightly here to get some points on the board. However, you know, the I guess this is the qualitative analysis from my point of view is that I would say that if you're if you're going to play at those levels for the lesser so-called lesser side, you're going to naturally pick up points. You've got to be patient. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, it's true. I mean, the fact that they beat uh, Southampton was a bit of individual brilliance from... Raul Jimenez, um, you know, good finishing from Wang meant they beat uh, Newcastle. Obviously, a lot of luck involved, uh, as well as, you know, a bit of hard work as well, but a lot of luck involved in the Villa win as well. So, um, it's, it's you know, they've had their fair share of fortune, I think, as well. But they can, I think for me, they can just get away with it. But this is the turning point now for me. They, they get away with it, you know, to an extent. They go into the next few games, Everton, Palace, after the international break, they've got Norwich, West Ham. Um, these are games where they certainly can get some good results. You know, Everton just lost 5-2 to, to Watford, for God's sake. So, you know, there are results there to be picked up. Um, but for me, the, the performances have to start turning really from this Everton game onwards. At home, under the lights, full Molyneux, Monday night. Uh, it's got everything to make it an exciting home fixture for the for the home supporters. They they this is the turning point for me I think in terms of the performances. I think they've got a they've got to put on a show on Monday. Um even to the point where I say they put on a, a performance and don't even necessarily get all three points. Um they just need to show a bit more than they have done. Um if they come away with a 1-0 win and have been shoddy again, but let's say they drew they draw 1-1 and and, and are brilliant. I think fans right now would probably take the latter, which is a really. Okay. I think they probably would. I think it's a really. It's a, it's a strange uh, situation, but I genuinely do. I mean, and I'm not saying I necessarily would. I'm not um, sure whether they would. Mate, but I think so, I think some fans. I think I think fans would drop two points at home to Everton, and the team shows 
more of what they've done in those first three games than a, a scrappy rubbish one 0 win. I really do think that. Mm, I, might, I might have to put a poll out and uh, and see see what the verdict is. I would say that the three points would have it, but but I, I get I it'd get, be close. I think it certainly. would be close. It'd be inter- it'd be interesting. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that poll later on. Um, but look, they've got themselves nicely into mid table now, regardless of you know the win or or draw on Saturday. They got the draw in the end. Um, and things are looking good. I mean, the next few games, like you say, Liam, okay, they've got that bad run in December, but Everton at home, who have got problem a lot of problems themselves. I mean, like you say, that that Watford thing, Watford game, ridiculous. <laughs> but they've got issues. Then you go to Palace, then you've got West Ham, but at home, then you're away at Norwich, and you're at home against Burnley. These are sides where you want to get, you'll be looking to get oh, that ne- those next Five games, I would say a minimum, and I mean an absolute minimum. Well, I'd be looking to get ten points anyway out of those five games, which would set them up nicely. I would. I think that's. I think that's fair. Uh, which way round is it? Does it go Norwich, Burnley, then West Ham, or I got it mixed? It goes up? Norwich. No, it goes West. So it goes Everton first on Monday night. Then they're away at Palace, Palace next Saturday. Yeah. Then West Ham at home, Norwich away, Burnley at home. Yeah, that's what. That's what I thought. So. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, those two sides, Norwich and Burnley, I mean, obviously bottom and second bottom of the league by, by quite a distance. So, you know. I think it's... I think nine to ten points would be a pretty healthy mm. return from that. Because I think West Ham is a is a tough game. Um, yeah, West you know, Ham's a tough game. They're doing well. And I think Palace away is, um, is gonna, you know, they're playing some decent football at the moment. It's, it's tougher than Everton at home. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I totally agree that you look at nine to ten points from those five would be a... A pretty healthy return, um, but all those games are winnable, Liam. You know they are. They are. No, you're right. Imagine it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Oh, so we're going to go the good, the bad, and the ugly from Leeds. Well, we won't go too much into it, but uh, as it's uh, as it's our Halloween spectacular, we'll call the good Jack Skellington because Liam Jack Skellington. Do you know where he's from? I've got no idea what you're on about. Oh, come on, mate! Nightmare <laughs> Before Christmas, Halloween Town. He's kind of like the, the bad, the, the kind of like evil person turns good. No. I'm just I'm talking to a brick wall here, aren't I? Um, I do so try. the good, the Jack Skellington of the week, Jose Sarr. Oh yeah, Jose oh, yeah. Sarr. I'm having Looking, a bit of that. You know, a few, a few, a few iffy potential, you know, scenarios in the first two or three games, but look, he's looking. Every inch like a top class keeper at the moment, isn't he? He's, his handling is excellent, his distribution is top draw, and he's making those big saves. Another really good performance at Ellen Road. And when you've got a beard like that, you get away with anything. What a beard. It's, it is a big beard. I'm jealous. Hey, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, we've seen your <laughs> bum, fluff, bum fluff attempt in November, but uh, bum, bum he's, fluff um, he's doing the business, to be fair yeah, to Yeah, he is. No, I. I um, yeah, you, you rightly mentioned there the first couple of games. I think there was you know the, the penalty at, against Spurs. Whether you, you know, whether you think that's a bit harsh or not, uh, one or two little um, maybe the lack of concentration moments, maybe nervy moments for him. You know, early on in his Premier League career, but I think he's been solid for a good couple of months now. Um, I think he's been really, really good. Is a, a few big saves. You know, there was um, the Danny Ings one at Villa. Uh, there was a couple at Southampton. I think Redmond, um, the one of them I'm forgetting. Uh, I think Livermento might have had an effort. There was uh, against uh, against Leeds. There was a couple of the Gellhart one before uh, when it was when it was still one nil. Um, yeah, I mean he's. Uh, I think 
what was probably people expected, you know, seeing Rui Patricio going out, him coming in, was that he would probably be better with his feet and distribution than Rui was, because I think it's fair to say he struggled with that a bit, particularly in his first season. Um, but that perhaps Rui might be a better shot stopper. I know he did have issues with his near post, but overall he was a pretty good shot stopper. But for me, Jose Sarr is ticking the boxes for for every single... Every, every, well, he's ticking every single box. I can phrase it that way if I can get my words out. Um, I think he's been brilliant. I really do. I think he commands his area superbly. Um, he's very vocal. Uh, some great reflexes and instinctive saves. Very good distribution. We saw the the assist at Southampton. Um, I think he created, before the Leeds game, I saw the stat that he'd created three chances, which is the most of any goalkeeper in the uh, in the Premier League. Um, three doesn't seem like a big number, but for a goalkeeper, you know, that's pretty unusual. Um, I think he's been really good, really good. And when you look at the finances involved as well, um, you know, making a profit on selling uh, in terms of the two deals together, selling Patricio and bringing Sarr in and, and making money on that. Um, he's 28 as well. Patricio was, what, 33, whatever he was. Um, I think it's a great deal. I think it's worked out really well. And it, you have, you know, concerns about it when they first do it. But for me, I think it's a, been a really smart move. Yeah, it has. Um, he's going to be... He's going to be important going forward, I think. But he's you can just tell he's finding his confidence yeah. vocally as well. I watched him quite closely on Saturday. And, you know, at the start of the season, and, and of, of course Cody kind of organises that defence, but he was he was not quite quiet. But I think he was obviously getting used to his surroundings. But you can tell now bellowing, you know, orders out from the back. And that's exactly what you want from a commanding keeper. Oh, 100%. I think um, it's probably to do with the language as well. You know, he's, I think, um, if I remember correctly, his... Uh, first interview after signing which he did in Mallorca with, with the club um, was all in Portuguese and, and translated um, and you know he's done a few little bits here and there videos and he, you know he's starting to speak English more and um, so I think that all comes with it as well you know he's moving away uh, to a new another new country obviously because he was in Greece before but another new country and another new culture and language and everything um, and uh, and getting used to it and obviously it's easier to settle in when you've got a lot of compatriots with you as well but um he, he's commanding that area. He's loud. Um, I think there's quite a good understanding between him and Cody, for example, as to what Saul wants to do. You know, he, he wants to be quick off his line if he needs to be, in, and uh, and you know, not just commanding his six-yard box. He's commanding the whole area uh, and uh, and and making it his own. I think he's been. I think he's been brilliant. I've been really impressed with him, particularly after what was not a bad start by any means, but there was one or two small moments, and he, you, you always wonder how it's going to turn out for a new goalkeeper. It's a very precarious position being a goalkeeper, but he's been he's been superb. I've been very impressed. So that was the good, the Jack Skellington, the bad, which we're going to call it. It. You know I, I know, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen the, the the recent films, the two of them. Oh, there you go then. So you, you're getting a bit better. Yeah, I, mean, they, they, I, I didn't think they were scary to be honest. I the oldies are the best ones. The, the original it is scary. That is scary. Uh, went for it. I did did it last year actually with my balloon. Um, that was my that was my costume last year to scare the children with candy. Nice. Um, so the bad, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on one guy who I think I could definitely understand why he picked him uh, in this game, uh, but for me, flatter to deceive again, Leander Dendonka. What's yeah. what's going on with Leander? See, we haven't. This is uh, two seasons. We haven't we haven't planned this um, beforehand, but I was gonna I totally agree with you. I was gonna say him as well. Um, Really, really strange performance for me. There was just no control in midfield. He lost possession times eleven. He gave the ball away. I, well, I was just about to say he lost possession eleven times in that game. He won one of his four duels on the ground. Won the only one of his aerial ones, but that's 
you know, by the by, really. And I get um, they were defending deep, and I, I get the fact that you know they, they kind of invited the pressure on themselves. But when you're giving the ball away and you're giving possession away, time and time again, of course you're going to have to you know defend in numbers, especially when you're when you're hanging on to a lead. That was so frustrating for me, you know. Yeah, it, it was for me. It was the, just the issue with retaining pos- uh, possession, as you say, giving the ball away. You know, there were so many opportunities when the ball uh, was defended by the back three, knocked back into midfield. Um, and he was hoofing it forward when you know Raul Jimenez was making a run to feet or making a run down a channel, and he was hoofing it into a blind spot and you know giving possession straight back to Leeds. It was um, it was a really strange. It was a strange performance because it was there was just no control um, in midfield. They were overran. Um, I thought Moutinho actually had a pretty decent game next to him, particularly because he got after he get that uh, that early booking, which was very silly. Um, and I thought he actually ran himself into the ground. And and for me, Dendonka was a bit of a passenger. Uh, you look at his his heat map as well. You know he he barely broke into the Leeds half, uh, let alone into the Leeds box. Um, there was no forward momentum carrying the ball forward. Which arguably of the three midfielders, the senior midfielders, he's the the best of the three at carrying the ball forward uh, and arriving late in the box. Um, and he, he didn't do that at all. He had no opportunities to do that. You know, not all of it is his fault, of course. You know, there was a lot of pressure and Wolves were sitting deep. Um, but you have to build through the thirds. And when they were getting the ball into that, that middle third, he was giving it away far too often and they couldn't build into the final third. The ugly. We're going to talk about the penalty Nelson Semedo. Um, we kind of disagreed slightly about this at the at the time, Liam. Um, you didn't think it was a penalty. I thought it could have been given as a penalty. I, I'm not... I didn't really have any um, frustration at the, at the penalty being given because... He's given the referee decision to make. I know you kind of thought the same way, but you were still thought it was very soft, which it was. But for me, you know, again, it was it was Nelson Semedo error. He had Cody covering it. You know, he didn't need to to come across to come across the lad. And um, I'm, I'm I still I'm still putting the blame at Semedo's door, unfortunately. Yeah, um, if you're going to blame anyone, it has to be him because he's got the wrong side of him. Um, the fact that he's allowed him to, you know, this Galhar had the, his back to goal. And he's allowed him to turn, not just him as well. I think the Neves was the closest midfielder to him as well. Um, allowed him to turn, allowed him to to run and make inroads into the box. So, and Bruno said this after the game: the whole sequence of play from start to finish was was a mistake from Wolves' part. Um, and I and I, I totally agree with you. He's given the referee a decision to make. Um, it's you know in front of a, a hostile, loud Ellen Road crowd, um, and I thought the referee was particularly poor all, all day to be honest um, and I, th- I personally feel he's caved to the to the crowd a little bit uh, and I still don't think it's a penalty um, but I, w- I, and I would say that genuinely would say that if it was the other way around as well because uh, for me and it's just a personal preference um, maybe it's I'm being blinded by my own preference rather than the, the laws of the game these days but for me I just think players go down far too easy I'm, a, I'm, I'm, much, I'm a bit of a purist really I think I've used that phrase before that I like um, a lot of players are a bit tougher, to be honest, and just you know go out there and uh, and show a bit of bottle. And for me, a lot of players go down too easy. The way he went down as well, it was very theatrical after the you know the lightest of brushes. Um, but I totally agree with you that he's now since has given him a decision to make. He's got the wrong side of him in the first place, um, and that in itself is an error, regardless of, of what you think the whether you think the the, the, uh, the, the decision is right or not. So uh, yeah, it's it's wholly disappointing. But on the you know. On the balance of play, Leeds deserved a goal. 
They did. They, they was coming, wasn't it? If they played ten minutes more, I said this after the game as well. They played an extra ten minutes in that game. They, they'd have got one, maybe two, because they were, the pressure was all was all on Wolves. Look, I think Semedo has been better this season overall. Yeah. I think he's he's been better, especially in the middle of the park. I think you know he still needs massive improvements for me in his finishing, and and that's that's an. That's an area I think Wolves miss a lot, actually. You know, and, and whether you whether you like or you don't like uh, Matt Doherty, he scored he scored seven eight goals a season, which along with Jota, you know, were, were and Jimenez were basically the majority of Wolves' goals. So when you take that other side and you're not finishing your chances, one goal I think from what I, I think it was one goal. I think it was last game of the last season. It's Man United, I think. But one goal. Saying that he has, I think, got better position positionally this season. Mm. And that's why it was such a shame to see him go back into those ways of being the wrong side of him and making those rash challenges or whatever you whatever you make of it. For me, it was clumsy. Yeah, um, yeah I'd agree. I think I think he is. That's a good point. The positioning I think has improved. Um, and I do think you know he actually was having a good game against Leeds for the most part. I thought he you know he had, the goal came from him. Uh, a lovely touch to get past Harrison uh, going forward. Um, but too often, I think I've made this point before. Too often, I think he gets into those forward positions. Uh, and makes a backward pass. Um, there's no, there's no forward pass into the box or across or you know anything that's going to create some danger. Often times anyway. Uh, but overall, I do think he has improved on last season. So um, interesting, uh, interesting competition with with uh, with Hover there, which I know we're going to come on to at some point as well. Yeah. Um, look, Liam, thirty-six million pounds, twenty-seven years old, come from Barcelona. Played last season, he's played eight games this season. I mean, for me, it's for me. I'm massively under underwhelmed, and maybe I'm not. Maybe maybe that's just me, but I think that if you replace him with any kind of replacement level player from the Premier League, an average, okay, you know, run of the mill wing back, I don't think you'd see too much difference from from what's happened so far. He's had his good moments. He's had his poor moments, but I don't, I don't see a lot there for thir- for thirty six. I mean, we talk about silver, but for someone to come in for another thirty six, thirty six million pounds—that's massive, massive money. And for me, I, I, I can count the good games on one hand, to be honest. Um, and for me now, second season, he's got to kick on. He's got to look at himself and start. Dominating if he's got the ability to start dominating games and making a name for himself and making us go, oh my God, Nelson Semedo, clear, hands down, man of the match. Because if you're paying that kind of money, I don't think you're getting the the correct output. We're going to talk about it, like you said. You know, you know, you've got someone like like Kijana Hoover who who is waiting in the wings there to take his spot. This is someone who's cost you thirty six million quid. We talk about not being able to to raise five million extra quid for Botman or you know the Sanchez Gil, Sanchez Gil that, that kind of got kiboshed on the you know because of the medical. But if you're talking about so much, so many x amount of million pounds that you're not getting top class signings, and then you're paying thirty six million pound for for this lad, you know. I just wonder sometimes if it's Nelson Semedo from Barcelona, if the same guy's called Nathan Sellers from, you know, from from Stourbridge, would he be still in the side by now? I'm not so sure. Interesting. Mm. Very. Uh, oh, you know what? I wrestle back and forth on this one. I, I really do, and, and I'm not. Look, 
this is it's not a diss at Nelson Semedo, but for me, he's got to show me more. And I'm not talking just about this error and the last minute and okay, well you're jumping on the bandwagon because he gave away a penalty, blah 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 blah. This is this is from the start of when they signed him last season all the way through. I need more from my right wing back who's replaced a guy, okay, who's struggling at Spurs, who's who, you know, maybe had his time at Wolves, but someone who gave big output and 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 you know, I feel like if Doc was in that position now and put in some of those performances, he'd be he'd be booted out of town by some of the supporters who didn't have him. Mm. And yet, you know, we give Semedo a little bit of leeway because, okay, well, first season syndrome, okay, well, you know, he's given away X amount, he needs to be better. For me, he's got to kick on more. He's got to be dominating some games, and I haven't seen that yet. What I'd agree with you on is the... Because I think it's slightly harsh and they say, you know, count on one hand, good games. I think it's been a bit better than that, slightly more consistent than that. Uh, but what I totally will agree on is dominating, imposing yourself on a game. Uh, I don't think... I can't actually remember Tommy has done that, if I'm honest. Um, taking a game by the scruff of the neck uh, uh, and being the man that makes the difference for for your side. Um, and he's got the potential to do that in the position he's in, regardless of his um, you know, his own uh, quality. That's you know, up for debate. But I think the position he's in and the system the Wolves play... Um, as you say with Doherty getting 7-8 goals a season he's got the, the the potential in that position to be a big difference for Wolves in both boxes um, and it's become and a bit not, of a running joke to that. be honest I mean you look at I don't know if you saw some of the videos when they were looking at um, unveiling the FIFA you know the FIFA ratings when they're in the, the kind of auditorium and they're looking and then Nelson's coming up and they're all laughing saying oh the shooting's got to be low because you know he's, he's got to improve for me you know if you're paying that kind of money then, then you've got to, and I know it's not it's not the player who determines the the transfer fee, but you've got to offer this thirty six million pound. That is that is half the Premier League's would 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 never ever spend that kind of money on one player. And I get the guest of you and Mendes and all this situation, but you know that for, for me we. It boils down to Wolves have not got value for money anywhere close to that at the moment. And his resale being at twenty seven, coming on twenty eight years years old. Are you going to send it for £35 million? Are you going to send for £30 million? £28 million? £10 million? Mm. He's got to give him... He's got to... I want a bit more. That's all I'm saying. I, I do as well. I, I'll be honest. I, I, it's, it's just the fact that he doesn't... Um, he doesn't impose himself. That's the word. That's the mm-hmm. real key word for me is... is uh, as you say, coming out of a game and thinking, right, hands down, man of the match today is now since made. I don't think that's going to happen. It's... Um, well, it hasn't happened so far. I should say, for me, it's he's a a lot of the, a lot of weeks. He's a run of the mill six, seven out of ten, and then he's, he's had mm-hmm. a few weeks, particularly this season as well. He's had a few. I think that that fives. Uh, look at my player rating. So it's always around there. It's you know it hasn't gone as high as eight or nines, and so far it hasn't gone as low as you know threes or whatever. But um, it's it's just somewhere in the middle. And I think Wolves probably need someone a bit more. Bit more explosive, um, but I do think he's got the attributes for that. It just doesn't. I don't know if it's a mental thing or you know, it's a it's a tactical thing of what he's being told to do. But it, it just seems that he gets to a certain point in, in a forward position, um, and he looks backwards, uh, and and that is the wrong mindset. You've got to look forwards in those positions. Sometimes, you know, you don't want to cross for crossing's sake. If there's no one in the box, then you have to go backwards. I understand that, but there are certainly times in games recently where there's an opportunity to put the ball in or make a you know a an inwards pass into the right winger, whoever that might be, um, and he hasn't made it. He's looked backwards and gone to a midfielder, which doesn't always produce the best results. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, this, the fee, this fee, I think, on appearances could actually rise to, to to a little bit more, actually. But you know, he's got. Yeah, it's um, if I'm a left back, Liam, and I've and I've got oh, who, who are you marking today? I've got Trincao and Semedo down my da, coming down my, my lines. I'm not going bloody hell, Jesus! I'm in trouble here. You know, that's all I'm saying. And I think they've they've got that ability, but they've got to show more of it. That's what I'm yeah. Um, so I mean that that brings us on to to, to Hoover, and I want to talk a little bit about the the periphery guys, the guys on the edge, the guys who, who could potentially come in. You know, during I mean, look, it's a busy period, Christmas coming up, and um, and there's going to be plenty of games, especially after Christmas Day. You know, twenty eighth, first or twenty eighth. I think actually, actually they've got a bit of a break now, haven't they, to the third? But there's going to be a, quite a big dose of games where you're going to have to rotate. So so let's talk about about Hoover. We saw Ryan Nuri come into the side. Is, is he someone who's going to be back and forth with Marcel, um, Fabio Silva, Trincao, um, Pedence? What kind of which which of those players do you think Liam are, are closest to the side? Okay, I mean you know Nuri played on 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 Saturday, so maybe he's closest. But do you feel that there's one who's really pushing on that door? You could see maybe becoming a a more integral part to this starting lineup. I think you'll agree with me when I say this that for me, Monday, Everton, I would start Ryan Eight Nori. Mm, I definitely absolutely. would. 100%. I would. Um, I knew you'd agree with me, so I was reading your mind. Well, you saw my tweet as well. So. Oh, that, that, that as well. You didn't have to mention <laughs> it. Um, he, uh, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, he was no world beater against Leeds, but I thought no. he I thought he did a, a good job going forward, created a couple of chances. Um, he's still going to have mistakes in him. I assume yeah. he's a young left back, and and I think some people were like, oh well, he gave the ball away or he missed a tackle. Or I'm like, look, this isn't this wasn't a perfect display by any means. However, he showed some really good runs, especially off the as well as on the ball, yeah. off the ball. And we we were talking quite quite a lot about on the road about some of the stuff that I think sometimes, especially in a way fan, you don't see because you're following the ball, you're looking at the players. But you know, we're lucky enough to have a have a decent view where we can kind of assess a game. And there were so many off the ball runs he made in centrally going into that centre midfield. It was in the centre midfield quite a lot actually in that game. But going forward, he had a couple of good runs. I thought he kept Rafinha quite over. Rafinha did him a couple of times, as you'd expect, you know, him to do. But at the same time, he had a couple of good covering tackles. And, and like I say, his movement for me for first Premier League game this season was very, very promising. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Yeah, now there was a couple of moments with Rafinha, but for the most part, he kept him fairly quiet. I thought. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of good runs, forward runs. There was that one in the second half where he twists and turns into the box and gets a shot away. Um, I was I was pretty impressed with him. I thought he did well. Um, he 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 he's offered something you know, something very different to Marcel, obviously. But um, Marcel's a strange one because for me, he, he you know he's he started off in pre-season and the beginning of this season very very well. I thought he, I thought he was you know was impressive. Um, then you know from the Watford game onwards, started dropping a few silly passes, mistakes here and there. Saar ripped him apart in that first half at Watford. Um, and then since since then, he's not quite been the same for me. Uh, too many mistakes, too many misplaced passes. Comes forward with the ball and it isn't explosive. He's got no real attacking threat. Um, you know, miss hit a few crosses here and there. So for me, at home against Everton, I think you play eight Nori. I think he's he's earned that from that performance at Leeds and his Carabao Cup performances as well. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think he's he played very well in those two games uh, against uh, Forest and Spurs. So. I would, um, I would definitely play, definitely play him. Um, you also got to bear in mind that with the issue with centre backs going into December and January, 
and uh, the African combinations with Sice and Bolly most likely heading heading off. You might have to play either Hover and Aitnor. You might be forced into playing them because Marcel may come into the back three, for example, or Hover might drop into a back three as well because he can play there. Um, and obviously, if Marcel drops into the back three, Aitnori comes in. So there's opportunities for both of them, those two players there as well. Looking at the, the forwards you mentioned, um, Trincao, I think, is probably the most likely to get an opportunity because I think Bruno really rates him. Um, I think you can tell that by some of the uh, how he's persisted with him in certain games. I think, you know, getting 90 minutes out of him at Newcastle when, if we're being honest, he wasn't great. Um, but he's a strange one. He's a little bit lightweight for me. Trincao, he makes too many, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't necessarily say mistakes, but I think he holds onto the ball slightly too long. Um, and he's got a great left foot, but he doesn't seem to use it enough. Doesn't mm. whip enough crosses in. He has a shot at Newcastle from 10 yards that he has to score, smashes the bar. Um, yeah, it's, uh, he's not quite doing enough for me at the moment. And if I'm honest, I'm not sure he's got a single attribute for me that really stands out. Um, you know he carries the ball well don't get me wrong but so does Daniel uh, Pedence. Um he's not as quick as or strong as Traore for example um, I don't think his finishing is as good as Huang um, or at least we haven't seen it so far so for, he, he, I don't really see anything that properly stands out about him yet um, do I think there's a player in there I do um, I'm just not I'm not convinced this system gets it out of him either um, I'm not convinced he's a winger I feel like maybe you bring him inside because he, he came very narrow, didn't he, against Newcastle in that game in the first half. He was coming really narrow, picking the ball up. And he had some delightful flicks, like he nutmegged one player with a little back heel. It was it was gorgeous. Didn't do anything with it after that, though. You know what I mean? It's like these little little moments. Um, and I, I, I personally think he potentially could be better suited inside slightly. Um, not necessarily as a, as a second striker, maybe more as a 10. Because I'm not sure he's quick enough or strong enough, really, to be on that, on that flank. Fabio Silva? Ooh, it's a tough one with Fabio because he saw him playing at the under twenty three. It's not the last time he played, but the time before that at Sunderland, um, and he was he was he looked miles above that level. He looked way too good to play for the under twenty threes. Comes in against Nottingham Forest, looks brilliant. You know, got a couple of assists. I thought he was great. Should have scored, um, but then plays against Spurs in the Carabao Cup. Comes off a half time after a stinker. <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh, it's really straight. But you know, he's. Well, he's still he's got to earn the trust, do you feel, of, of Bruno? I, mean, I think like so, say, yeah. did, He did come on at Villa. And, and I thought he did well. I thought he did well at Villa. He came on, I thought, you know, he, he, he was a, an effective foil for the team. He, he occupied defenders, made some nice runs, opened spaces up for Daniel Pedence, for example. Um, I thought he did well at Villa. So, he, But you, I think this all comes down to the fact he's 19. You know, mm. he's, he's going to be inconsistent. You can't rely on, you can't rely on him at this point. Um, and that's why, he, uh, in some ways, he might even be better for the squad. And he might be, even be used more when Neto comes back, which sounds strange because that's an, you know, an extra player as competition for him. I know they're not quite the same position, but another forward. But I may be in, more in hope than uh, in expectation, but um, might look at, uh, Bruno might look at changing to a four at the back once Neto comes back in. I think I mentioned on here before, Huang and, and Jimenez up top. I think that offers more opportunities for, for, um, for Fabio then because particularly if they stay with that formation, they're going to need an impact uh, during games up front. And he, he could be that player, certainly. Excellent. A uh, couple of things I just want to discuss before we get on to, on to uh, our next segment. 
Oh, goodness me. I didn't realise it was that, that long on time. Poor effort by me as well, controlling time again today. Uh, very quickly, Liam, subs really late again. Yeah. What's going on there? Do you think... Um, you think it's? I mean, obviously he's got his ideas and different ideas to what we're having. But for me, again, it was screaming out to make a sub earlier than what happened. Yeah, totally agree. It's going to be yeah, something Neves I'm, on. I'm going to ask. I think to be honest, I thought Neves should have come on way earlier. Mm. I think it was obvious they were getting overrun in midfield. Um, I was thinking more like the hour, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I said exactly the same. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I, I'd have gone for that. It was um, the Villa. The Villa one was even stranger for me than Leeds because it just took so long, particularly mm. with Raul on the bench as well. It mm. just took so long to get someone on. It was what the seventy odd minute by the time. Uh, Daniel Penance and uh, Fago Silva came on um, you have to wonder why uh, it's, it's it's really tough to say to be honest I'm, it's what I'm going to ask as well because I I think everyone's wondering why um, I think, you know I, think I, mean? I think I think he's putting his I think he's putting his squad through a few tests at the moment uh-huh. I, I think I think I think that's what it comes down to I think he's I think he's trying to figure out Game by game, and 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 put these players to the test as to what they can offer, um, and that and, and sometimes that means giving players an extended opportunity, like as I said, Trincao playing ninety minutes at Newcastle, and after that chance he missed in the first half, he was he was dreadful to be honest. So mm. um, I think he's I think he's put a few players to the test at the moment, which means giving them opportunities. Okay, uh, and one last thing, Adama Traore for me, anonymous at Leeds, Abs- yeah. probably the most anonymous I've seen him for a long, long time. Uh, I can't even remember a run he had or a dribble, really. Um, but not just not just that, not just being on the ball and making chances. But for me, especially when you are backs against the wall against Leeds United, he's he's almost as good from a defensive point of view because he gives you that outlet. You know, you can bang it forward and you can he can run into space and you can really stretch your game. So he, he's almost he's almost like a you know for me, is good defensively to have that outlet because he got his pace and give you that bit of relief, but didn't even use it there. And when he came off, it was just it was just such a... Going down the horror route, but it was an invisible man performance. It was for him. <laughs> like, it was... And, you know, this is this is a guy who, allegedly, the contract still on the table. He's, he's still got to sign it. I mean, you know, he's about to be made one of the highest paid paid players if not the highest paid player of the club again we need more don't we and is is it worth it is is, is it worth it at this moment in time yeah it's, I mean it's, I guess it's worth it because you've got to get the transfer fee you know because the transfer is going down every single month because his contract's going down but um, but look still to sign it and, and probably his place is I would say in, in massive jeopardy uh, against West Ham yeah, um, Everton. Everton, sorry, Everton. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Um, well, maybe at West Ham as well. Maybe, maybe yeah, not. Everton, Everton on Monday. Yeah. I um, I totally agree with you, you know, an analysis of his performance at uh, at Leeds. He, I think, part, I'll give him a little bit of leeway. I think part of it was you know what we've explained with Den Donker in the midfield is not you know not making the right passes, just hoofing the ball forward. I think that didn't help, obviously. Mm. Um, but again, he didn't take the game by the scruff of the neck. Um, there was a few opportunities where he picked the ball up and just ran into trouble. Because um, yeah. you know he likes to, well, he's done it plenty of times, did it at Villa, come central and pick the ball up mm-hmm. deep and make runs forward and take you know, two, three, four, five players on. Tried to do that a couple of times at Leeds and lost the ball. Um, it actually reminded me, I tweeted to say that he, he gave it away needlessly in midfield. 
someone replied on, on Twitter saying, um, saying gave it away needlessly, question mark. He was tackled. I thought, well, well, yeah, he was tackled because he ran into three players. That, yeah, he was running. He was yeah. overrunning the ball. <laughs> exactly, overrunning the ball totally. I mean, that, that's exactly the point I'm making. So, um, needlessly giving it away and and putting his team under pressure as well. Uh, yeah, he was really, really poor. Really, really poor at Leeds, um, which is disappointing because he's shown glimpses in other games. You know, he was given a rest out of the side for a little bit. Came back in at Villa and, and had a pretty was probably one of Wolves' best players in a performance that wasn't very good. Um, is he worth it? Um, I think you've answered your own question there because you've said about the, the transfer fee. I think that's it itself is a reason why he is worth it. Um, but I do think if you get him playing in the right way in the right system with the right players around him, Raul, getting Neto back in, mm-hmm. playing Neves, um, I do think you get the best out of him. And yeah. that in itself, as such a unique player, which you know, I know it's a cliche nowadays because Nuno used it every week describing him now, but that, that is what he is. Um, I think he is worth it. Uh, I think you take as an option as a, within the squad, even if he doesn't start. I think he's a. I think he's worth it because he, he offers something that other players can't. No, I'd, I'd agree. I'm just playing devil's advocate from my point of view. God, being the, what being are you the, doing? Being the host that I've got to be, Liam. You know, I've got <laughs> to ask these questions. Um, right. I mean, this this was a massive success last week. The the, <laughs> the believe it or not. I mean, we actually had to. Uh, try and scroll back to see what actually we called it last week because we couldn't remember it was that good believe it or not I'm changing it this week it's called believe it or not but we're going to call it trick or treat instead okay oh, trick or on, treat man. so you know what you, you know how you know how it works okay so I'm going to give you a statement and you've got to say whether it's a trick or a treat whether you believe it or you don't okay let's do it here we go first one very topical trick or treat Liam Adama Traore signs a new Wolves contract treat Okay, it's gonna. Yeah, I think I think it'll happen. I think um, I don't think uh, I know there was obviously interest with Spurs. I don't think they're in a position really to to pay the kind of money Wolves would want. I think he he is in a, he's in a good position negotiating with Wolves now in terms of uh, you know the contract length and what the kind of money he wants. I think if the offer's right, I think he'll sign it. Okay, trick or treat. Reinhardt Nori plays more, makes more Premier League starts than Marcel from here on in, rest of season. Oh, I think that's a trick. Okay. Um, as I've already said, I personally would play him at least for the Everton game, um, but I think Bruno has uh, has got a few players sussed out already, and, and you know has got obvious. Uh, I want to want to say obvious favourites. I don't mean that as a you know detrimental term, but I do think he you know he's got certain players he relies on, and I think I think Marcel's one of them. Trick or treat, if he's fit, by the way, if he's if he's fit, God forbid anything fit, happens yeah, to him. Of course, of course, and and you know we'll have an update on Willie Bolly as well. I think as well on on Friday, who missed the missed the game through injury, and you know you talk about central defenders, Liam, and you know Willie Bolly's been injured now for the best part of a couple of seasons. It's got uh, it, to be... it was it was illness actually. So oh, was it illness? Was yeah, it? Yeah. Okay. So he, we were told at the time he should be all right for Everton, but obviously we'll, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll double check on Friday and, uh, and and check that out. Whether he comes back into the side or not, though, we'll um, we'll see. I mean, even if, if he's fully fit, there's a, there's a doubt there. You'd have thought. Um, trick or treat, Liam Huang is a nailed on starter. That is a treat. Yeah, you think uh, he's um, he's he's now nailed down that that spot with with Raúl alongside Raúl, and it's just one of the rest. I think so. To be honest, he you know he played at Villa. I thought he had his worst game by a long shot, um, and kept his place for Leeds and did pretty well. So um, I think he he offers a few fundamentals that Large likes in his team, 
Uh, one of them being he worked extremely hard, uh, and I think that on its own for the time being is going to keep him nailed on as a starter. And if, and of course, if he keeps scoring, that's going to well, help as well, isn't it? I was going to say, Liam. I mean, the most important thing for me is that he's scoring goals, and he's the only one in this side who's who's scoring goals. So exactly, you know, you've got to keep him in. It'd be it'd be folly to to take him out the side when you know he's he knows where the back of the net is. He's he's shown you know to be in the right place at the right time, but he's also shown that he can make runs and and finish. Expertly in both corners, he's got a nice touch. From it's a no-brainer for me because no one else can score, no one else can put the bloody ball in the net. So you know he's he's got he's got to be got to be in for me. Um, trick or treat, Liam. It's Daniel Poden's time. Oh, treat. Yeah, bring him bring him in. I said this for Leeds. I said I'd have played him, um, but I also said I'd drop Huang only because he had such a stinker at Villa. But um, yeah, I'd play him. I really would. But it's interesting as well. Some people made this point that you know he's he started. What was it? The, the Spurs Carabao Cup game started that and had a really really poor first half. Has come off the bench in other games. I mean, it's, well, he started against Nottingham Forest and did really well. But that's obviously a different kettle of fish. Um, but it's come off the bench in games and looked really good. So maybe he's better suited as an impact. Um, but oh yeah, I'd play him. Uh, and finally, trick or treat, Liam. Uh, trick or treat, Liam Keane brings out on Monday night another bottle. And can oh. of sparkling water, That's to the dismay of the press box. Listen to this, right? A five hundred milliliter can of sparkling water. As the a game, as a as middle I, I was watching, man, I was watching this game, and and I look it. across and I hear this this open. I'm thinking, oh, he's he's opened a, a can of Fanta or something like that. He's brought a can of Coke, and I look across at this five hundred milliliters black can of sparkling spring water, and I was disgusted. The rest of the press box was disgusted. Um, the game has absolutely gone Liam Keane. I don't know who you think you are. Well, I mean, if, if, if we're going to be truthful here, you could name the brand of that can, couldn't you? Whereas I haven't got the foggiest. I have absolutely so, no idea what you're talking about, oh, sweetie. Oh, I wonder what that noise was. Listen, <laughs> if that doesn't prove to you, every single listener here what Mr. Nathan... As a middle-aged man, you've, how embarrassing. You've just, you've just done that. I haven't got any with me. What are you talking about? You're a disgrace. You're going to have some teriyaki noodles in your little can or something at the next game, probably. Some sushi or whatever. You know what? It's absolutely bang out of order. You put The thing is, you put that tweet up, making it like it was my can. It is I, your can. Don't start. I obviously went back, you know, with a little bit of uh, a little bit of banter saying, obviously, it's your can. Yeah. And 99% of the people who saw, well, who were on Twitter, saw your tweet and not mine. And everyone's replying saying, oh, Kino's going posh, blah, blah, blah. I'm not having this. This is, you know what? I'm speaking to HR. This is bullying. Fake, fake news, mate. Fake news. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm, I'm speed dialing HR as we speak. <laughs> Good Unbelievable. Luck, Good luck. Good luck. Um, many people have done that um, for a variety of different reasons, and I'm still in the job, so it's okay. Uh, right, okay. Should we take some questions quickly? Go on, then. Let's do it. Uh, let's take some questiones from the pigs. Actually, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have my message from our sponsors first Adoption at Heart. Thinking of adoption, we have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Borough Council and Sandwell Children's Trust. I is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey, 
Or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates. Right, let's get some questions. We've got to be very quick, Liam, okay? Is that okay? I can do it. Okay, Reggie, we've already answered your question about how many points... Uh, well, we'll, set, we'll answer it. We'll answer it again. How many points in the next five games do you think they'll get, Liam? Everton, Palace, West Ham, Norwich, Burnley. Go. Nine. I've gone for it. I'm going to say nine too. I'm going to say nine too. I like it. Um, Cosa says, I've always been realistic in the new management approach. The changing style didn't work results-wise. And being realistic, we need to possibly eight new players will be able to imply Bruno's new philosophy. I can't see that happening, so is it basically Nuno Ball with Bruno? I think eight seems a little bit excessive. Um, but I totally agree that he needs his own uh, signings. This isn't his squad. I mean, he's added you know, uh, only a couple of players to it. So um, he needs time to be able to, and, and you know, the backing to be able to make it his own, his own team, in his own philosophy and his own style. And I think that will change with you know, we won't see this formation forever under Bruno. I think if he, let's say for example he's here for two years, or, or let's say he's still here in two years rather, um, I think we'll be looking at a totally different setup and formation if he's able to make the signs he needs. Uh, Bitcoin Draper would Nathan Judah give up Bitcoin to keep his to keep the ball he scored his one hundredth Middlesbrough goal with? Have you? Um, you're not an American football fan, are you, Liam? American football, no. I've got a no, so, no. So basically the, the, the backstory to this is Tom Brady uh, threw his 600th touchdown pass on Saturday for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of his career, which is a remarkable achievement. Um, and didn't realise it was his 600th pass and gave the ball to a person in the crowd who can keep it. Uh, so they realised this pretty quickly afterwards. And they are valuing the ball, if he'd kept it, at nearly half a million dollars. Blimey. Because... Um, if, if he'd kept on to it. So anyway, he's since got the ball back and they kind of do a do an exchange. So he got the ball back. Now, would you keep the ball for half a million dollars but knowing that you've you've stopped probably the greatest player of all time having, you know, a, a, an incredible piece of, piece of memorabilia for his career and probably every single, you know, club fan, franchise fan hating your guts for doing it but you've got half a million dollars... Or do you give him the ball back and, and in return you get a signed jersey, you get a signed ball, match ball from him, you get signed shirt from um, from one of the wide receivers, you also get um, signed football boots or signed you know um, boots match worn, you also get season, two season tickets for the rest of the season, you also get two season tickets for next season and on top of that you get a bit of Tom Brady's Bitcoin worth about $70,000 and $1,000 to spend in the club shop. Oh, but only seventy grand was it for the Bitcoin? You say? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that all sounds lovely. Yeah, he can bugger off. I'm having that. Ball. He's having the money. Kino's and having that, the money. That ball is straight either on eBay or is it, I'm down at the traders. And I'm paying that away for five five hundred grand. I'm keep I'm keeping the I'm keeping the ball, baby. I'm keeping the ball. If he um, gives me a bit more money, yeah, fair enough. But no yeah. chance. He's taking the mick there, isn't he? He's taking the mick. Why he wants me to give away five hundred grand for seventy grand? But you're going to be hated by all all your fans. For, I'm for hated the rest on Twitter by all the, all the Wolves fans. Do I care? Oh, uh, it's true. This is true. This is true. <laughs> not, not quite. Um, uh, Nikish Patel, I haven't heard this. He says, Wolves Twitter claimed Huang's goal against Leeds was our 300th Premier League goal. Is that a mistake? I make it our 299th. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, incredible uh, stats from, from you, uh, Nikesh, because I, I haven't got that, that, yeah, uh, that I haven't looked. To, to hand. I, I haven't looked. Um, yeah, I'm, mistakes happen, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and assume Wolves got it right. Maybe I'll have a look at it. 
Uh, Steve, we kind of answered your question. Thank you very much for that. Ted says, thank you so much. Uh, Wolves seem to have lost their identity slash style first time since 2017. Uh, what will the team become next? On Saturday, we were too lax, weak in defence and non-existent in attack. What will the team become next? Um, right How now, is it going to evolve? Can you see it evolve to a back four? I, I can, I, but I think that, that needs there needs to be silence. If you know, I think if he thought he had the right squad to play a back four now, I think he'd be playing it. Um, and he sort of said that, you know, he sort of implied it by saying, you know, he thinks at the moment that five is the right formation with the players he's got. Um, I think it will evolve to that and will evolve into probably a bit a much more attacking formation but only once he's he's made a few signs and I think it's mainly the probably the midfield and defence signings that that you know are, are important to that I think forwards wise he's probably quite happy and that, he's pretty much said that as well Poco says if there was a jiu-jitsu style coloured belt to football teams what colour would the current Wolves team be Liam? Oh well I think you've got to go off you've got to go off the league table you know they're mid-table doing pretty doing alright yeah um, so somewhere middle of the road it goes okay. white, um, blue, purple, brown, black. So I'm going to go purple down the middle. Purple, purple belt. There you go, Poco, purple. Um, Paul says, Adam was so explosive at the start of the season, but less so over the last few games. Has Bruno changed his role? And how will he get the best out of him to provide chances for Raul? Yeah, you need... Um, I, think, I think you need to get him hugging the touchline a bit more again. Uh, to get the best out of him personally for me, um, but you've got to get the ball to him earlier as well. Um, there are obviously opportunities to play through the channel and having run onto run onto balls as well. But I do think he's better when he gets the ball earlier, has a second to think about it because I don't think he's the you know he's necessarily the quickest when he's got to do something quickly. You know what I mean? Um, I think he's got to have a little bit of time, get the ball to him earlier. Um, he doesn't necessarily need the space because he has got good feet and he's obviously quick and strong. Um, but he just needs the that split second time where he can receive the ball earlier, turn and move. So hugging the touchline, I think, is where you get the best out of him. Get the crosses in. Um, some of his crosses, particularly last season, actually weren't as bad as some people made out. They just didn't have Raul there to attack them. Uh, and that's the difference. They wore the shirt, say, if you were given a free £1,000 bet, would you put it on Wolves signing a couple of additional first-team players minimum in January? Or, yes, but only if they sell a player or two to balance things up? Um, I would say they will bring a couple in. I think they've got no choice really. They, the squad's too too small. You know, Bruno spoke about it again the other day when when Bolly was um, out ill that you know we can't afford to lose any more players because of the size of the squad. Uh, so I think they're going to have no. And particularly with African combinations as well, I think they've got no choice. Even if that means loans, I just I'll put that under the same umbrella. I think they will bring in uh, at least a couple of first teamers. Uh, in your opinion, do you think, says WFC1, Silva will ever be a top player? No politician answer, please. Uh, yes. In this country? <laughs> um, maybe not. Um, but I, I, I do think he's a very talented player. I, you know, I would like to see him go on loan, but the squad needs um, someone to replace him first because the squad's too small, as I just said. I think if you get him a championship loan in this country... Um, it goes one of two ways, obviously, but I think he's good enough for it to go the right way, and then that in turn, you know, helps his Wolves career. Um, I think he can be a good player for Wolves, but I can see them potentially cashing in at some point if he doesn't quite doesn't quite quick click. Sorry, early enough because obviously you know with his age as well. 
Steve Wingrove says, based on current form and fitness, which of the current Wolves team would get into most Premier League teams against start, uh, Premier League team starting 11s? I'd probably, when you say most Premier League teams, I'd probably only come, only say two. Go on. I'd probably say Ruben Neves yeah. and Raul Jimenez. Yeah, I would probably agree with that, I think. I'd, I think I'd be tempted, if we, if we change the question slightly and say like maybe every bottom half club, for example, I maybe would put Huang in there, um, and, and probably maybe Traore as well. Depends but what you see. Is most most is does, does most mean eleven out of twenty clubs? Because if well, most means point, eleven, yeah. then you know you could argue that Saar. You yeah. could argue. Yeah. You could, I would put an argument in for Cody actually, to be honest, um, at the back, but maybe some people wouldn't. Um, you know, yeah. you could look at Traore, 11 out of those 20. Does Adama Traore get into them? I think he probably does. Yeah, but no, I can yeah. understand what the situation... I can understand. It depends which way you take most, I guess. Yeah, the way I interpreted it was, you know, like the top clubs as well. You know, like we're talking about, you know, Spurs, Arsenal on the periphery of the top six or whatever. And then, um, you know, every club bar, maybe Liverpool or City, Chelsea maybe is what I thought he meant by most. But uh, yeah, it depends the way you interpret it. I'd agree, Saar... Chore, Huang, potentially Cody, potentially you get those in there as well. But if if it's the first, the way, the way I interpreted it, it'd be Neves, Jimenez. Um, I think would be the two most likely to get in certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when we kind of answered your question, um, Nikesh says there was a report suggesting we could re-sign Vitinha. Would you take him back? He seems to be doing pretty pretty well for Porto, um, but I wouldn't. You know, it depends what the deal is. Uh, you know, there was talk of it being eighteen to twenty million before. I think that's far too much. Uh, and I'm not sure he quite fits the system because obviously this, this is the same system as last year, and I don't think he quite fit it, uh, fit the system last year either. So um, probably not. Uh, but there's potential there. Um, what else? Okay, the Wolfpack asks. Any update on Pedro Neto's medical review? Also, have we come any closer to Troy signing a new contract? I'm sure you're going to be asking Bruno on Friday. Seems to be asking about Neto every week now, isn't it? But it's an important question to ask because, you know, initially Bruno said suggested. I think it was at Forest when he let us, yeah. let us know that um, that he could be back potentially early December would be would be a best case scenario. You know, maybe training in November. Seems to me, Liam, the less we hear is that the the more I'm the more I'm I'm thinking we won't see him until the new year. Um, that might be that might be um, complete rubbish. But I feel that if he's not at Compton and the fact that he's still in Portugal, he's gone back to Portugal, seems to me like he's further down the road of you know or, or less further down the road to recovery than maybe we initially thought back about you know six to seven weeks ago. Yeah, it, it it concerns you, doesn't it, when you don't hear um, and and don't quite um, get questions answered as uh, uh, in as much detail as you maybe you want. You know, we, we've been asking you. Know, sorry, Bruno, that was a slip of the tongue. Oh. Uh, <laughs> been asking Bruno um, for a while, game. and uh, you know, it's <laughs> don't start. I'm getting PTSD. Um, and yeah, we're getting you know small increments of of information. Um, you know, Rob Chakravarti, the the doctor is um, heading, meant to be have headed over there either this week or, or fairly soon to, to check in on him um, over to Portugal that is so uh, yeah it's, it's another one to, to keep asking um, and it, it's difficult with, with medical information because of you know various ethical and you know private reasons as well so um, 
we'll see how, how we get on with that one. With, with Troy, again, I've said this from the beginning. It's it's a waiting game, virtually at this point. Now it's it's um, it, these things don't get hashed out. You know, within ten minutes, you know, round a table. Like some people might think they do. They take a while. So um, still chasing it. Still see, still seeing what we're going to find out, and uh, hopefully get it signed. Everton come to Molyneux on Monday night, Liam. What are we thinking? What are we thinking? What forget what we think. What does Bruno? What 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 team does Bruno go with on Monday night? Name it. Name your starting lineup. So what I think Bruno will do. Yes. Um, Don't care I, what you think. Yeah, of course not. Um, I think he'll do three four three. I think it'll be Saar, Kilman, Cody, Sice, Semedo, and Marcel wing backs. Provided he's back, obviously with the, the calf pain mm-hmm. he had, um, which obviously again will ask that, but. Um, yeah, I, I would suspect those two. Uh, I think he'll play Neves and Moutinho. Um, I think he'll play Huang, Trincao, and Jimenez. Jimenez. Oh, you Jimenez. think Jimenez? Jimenez? I don't know what I, don't know why I said Jimenez. Jimenez. Uh, I think yeah, I think he'll bring Trincao in. Really? Okay. Yeah. This is be, uh, because of you know just you know patterns I've seen um, of Bruno so far. I think he's a, I think he really rates Trincao from what I can tell. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's what it would do. I agree with you that I think that Trio will be will will be asked to come from the bench, but I would I'm gonna I'm gonna think there'll be Pedence might come in on Monday night. That's the only change that I would make. Well, the, that's the only change that I think he'll make as well as sorry with Marcel coming in as well. So, um, oh three I guess with the central midfield. But you know what I mean. From what you've yeah. said, I think it's the only difference. I think is that I think I think he'll go with Pedence. Big game for Trincao, big game for this team for me because Everton are a decent marker for where they are. They've 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 kind of underperformed but won, then they've overperformed and lost, and, and Everton coming on the back of that five two thrashing by by Watford, which no one saw coming. But they've got injuries too. I know they've got Richarlison back. Um But they're a team that can score gold against as as Josh King proved, but they need to play well, and if they can go there and play attack some decent football and win, then they put, sets them up really, really well for a, for a decent run of games. It's just typical, isn't it, that Richardson's back from injury mm. scores against Watford as well off the bench. I think wasn't it? He came yeah, he on. did. Yeah, uh, he's going to start, isn't he? And he yeah, always scores. Yeah. Always scores against Wolves. But no DCL. They've got they've got some injuries there. Yeah, so, you yeah. know, I think they're pretty well, pretty evenly matched these two sides. Yeah, Damari um, Gray's looked very good for them. I think Townsend's looked pretty good. Um, yeah, but I, I, I know, and they kind of overperform maybe in fair play for the scouting and getting those kind of players for for such small such small prices. But at the same time, those are the kind of players you don't mind playing against if you're going to play well. Those are the kind of sides that you want to dominate, right? Yeah, I suppose you can look at that way. But I'll look at on form. I was just, yeah, they they are playing well. They're going to cause problems. Um, they are missing uh, Decore though, aren't they? I, mm-hmm. I think particularly him, his style of midfielder against Wolves yeah. would be would be a real kryptonite. So I think him not playing is is very good news, very good news for Wolves. Uh, and from what I can tell, I don't think he's back at least for another three or four weeks either. So mm-hmm. he definitely, well, at least definitely shouldn't be playing. I'll, I'll say that now, and he'll get dragged back in, wouldn't he, by uh, by Rafa? But um, it's it's you know at home under the lights Monday night game. It's it's got the makings of being you know getting the crowd behind you, get on the front foot early, and putting a team to the sword. And I think Wolves are capable of doing that, but it would be a big change from how they performed the last few weeks. It's, it, would, it would need a big change. 
Can you see them making the change? Can you see them going I think so, high tempo, I, high press uh, for, for, we, from the start of the game? Because the crowd will be into it. Yeah. And you've got to use that energy early on for me. Yeah, we've seen it before, haven't we, with this team? So I think that, I think they are certainly capable of it. Um, it just it also depends on the, the team. For that reason, does he maybe play Troy for that reason? Um, potentially. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real tough one. But I... I think Wolves have to go into this as favourites. I think only because, you know Everton are. I think marker's the right phrase to use there. They are a decent. They are a decent marker. Um, Rafa will probably come and shut up shop as well, mm-hmm. uh, which may, again might not be good because you know Wolves have struggled to break teams down in the past. Um, but Wolves should come into this favourites, and they should come into this confident. Look at the form table. I know they've not been performing, but they've been getting points. Um, the team is capable. Has got more than enough talent to to put this team to the sword. And as you say, they've conceded goals. Um, this could be, it's got the makings of possibly being a really good turning point for Wolves. Mm. Um, but you always always worry about a banana skin kind of game. And it also almost feels a little bit like that as well, where we know they're dangerous every time. We know they've got uh, a good attacking players. We know the kind of formation and type of system that Rafa's going to want to play. He's going to want to, particularly away from home on Monday night, he's going to want to sit in. Um, the Wolves break them down or do they get caught on the counter? It's these fine margins... I think I think they'll do well. I think they'll win this game. Um, I tell you what, if they win this game and play well, it feels a lot rosier, doesn't it? Because the amount of points they've got recently, and then to put a performance on top of it as well, it, you know, it feels perfect. Oh, it does, Liam. It does. Um, I mean, one of us got a prediction right last week. By the way, did you re- do you remember that? Unfortunately, it was me, and we went with you for the for the prize because you wanted oh. to claim it back. I went one oh. one. I went 1-1, one, one, did I not? You did, didn't you? Yeah, so we could have had a shirt. Listen, no, I went far we'll off, with it you, was 2-1. You know. I went yeah, far off. You got it wrong. You got it. Anyway, I'm giving you one more chance. You've got one more chance in this Halloween spectacular, or should I say spooktacular, spooktacular. Uh, podcast. I'm going to give you uh, the casting vote again. Remember, retweet, get in the draw, and we will let the, the winner know prior to kickoff and... Uh, Liam Keane, if you're if you predict it bang on, then they're going to be getting a shirt. I will go first. I'm going to say this is a bit of a sexy game. I'm going to say it's a five goal thriller. Four. Wolves three, Everton two. It's interesting that you say that mm-hmm. because I already had my prediction ready in my oh. head. Wolves win. Oh, three nil. Oh, three nil. I'm going for it. Oh, oh I'm going for it. Good God. So we both think this, that Wolves are scoring three goals yeah. on a Monday night. Let's have it. Oh, I'll be on the that. pitch. Everybody everybody bouncing from um, full of sugar after Halloween on Sunday night. Molyneux going to be absolutely crazy. Love it, mate. I love, love it. it. Love it. Uh, thank you very much. So we went on a little bit, 70-minute podcast, but I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Remember, get lots and lots of sweets. Get lots and lots of candy. Send us in your great costumes because this is a special night on Sunday, the night before Wolves stuff Everton. From me, from Keno. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>